Go ahead. Check, 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 check. No, you're good. Just, uh-huh. I'm trying to figure out your intro, how loud it's going to be. Uh, I, I never know. <laughs> it's, it's wherever the spirit leads you. It's not, it's not a long one. It's a short one. <laughs> this one is? Yeah. Okay. Click, click, boom, it's not your mama's Christian podcast. Welcome everybody to Nacho Mama's Christian Podcast, a Christian podcast that doesn't take itself too seriously. I am your host, Shane. Eric. Eric, what, what was that from? That, that intro. Uh, your second favorite band after Nickelback. <laughs> Saliva. <laughs> that- click, click, boom, we're coming around in the new town. Is that isn't that how it goes? I don't know. Hey now, welcome, Click, click, boom. We're coming down in this area, hundred mile radio. You were not getting it right. And that was your favorite band. No, I was not my favorite band. <laughs> was, oh yeah, second favorite band. Yeah, third Creed, obviously, <laughs> and then Nickelback, obviously. But so. um, you are running out of ideas for sure. If that's well, we're your over intro is literally, your intro is lit. You know, we started this. Close to three years ago. Can you Unbelievable. believe that? Unbelievable. Because I was talking to Topper Exos. Yeah, one out. Pour one hour. Um, he was over on Saturday hanging out, and I was like pulling up some like old episodes to remind him of when he was on it and yeah. when and when he was fun. And <laughs> he no <longer laughs> and I was like, "How long have we been doing this?" He's like, "I was like, I think maybe like two years." He's like, "I think it's been like three years." And I looked; it was over three years. Yeah, can't believe. So that was a question that Topper asked when he knew the answer to it already. No, I asked. Oh, it. you asked. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought that he was like, "How long has it been?" No, no. He was like two years. Like I think it's three. <laughs> no, I asked him, <laughs> and he's he's the one who said three. I said, "No, no, it's two. Um, what's happening behind me, Shane? <laughs> Just Shane is. Oh my gosh, Shane's stupid cat." Which I just need to say, any that are animal lovers, you're gonna hate this. I hate your dog and your cat. You no, hate, your dog no, is no, fine. No, no, here's your the thing. cat so sucks. You hate every animal. There's they, not an animal that you like. They slowly <laughs> kill me. Name a single animal that you like. A single animal that I like. Yeah. Um, uh, frogs are fine. <laughs> frogs. Yeah, they're all right. Wow, that's where you. Oh, went. I like uh, cows. Why? Because you like have to steak. eat them? I like steak. So you don't like cows. Is that a mistake? Did you say steak? <laughs> yeah, um, yeah I, like, I like a dead cow. <laughs> oh, my gosh. No, no, your um, dogs make me sick, so mm. I can't really like dogs. And I, and I would like dogs. I used to have a cat, and that cat we got rid of because he was peeing on everything. Terrible. In fact, uh-huh. the way... So every kid we had, his name was Bruce Wayne. That was our cat's name. I wanted my son to be named Bruce Wayne. Erica said no, so we made the cat. Then he tried to go with Harvey. Harvey Dent. <laughs> <laughs> she, she got on to that quick. Yeah, she had to look up her her, uh, her Batman knowledge in order to make sure I didn't slip one by her. Um, then you wanted Selena Kyle yeah, for, yeah, a for a girl. Yeah, for a girl. Yeah, that would have been an awesome name. <laughs> um, uh, so we got this cat, and then every kid that was born, Bruce was peeing on more things. And then after Noah was born, a third kid... Mm-hmm. Uh, Topper got a brand new Casper mattress, and Bruce. He was living in the basement. Yeah, yeah. And Bruce peed all over that sucker. Brand new, like it was a week old. Oh and I was like, God, I felt so bad. We threw the sheets out. We yeah. bought him a new comforter. It's like I was the most we've ever seen. Yeah, yeah. We, yeah. we returned Terrible. it. <laughs> no hey, questions asked. Hey, out of Casper. If Casper, here's the deal. If Casper ever po- sponsors this podcast, we're gonna have to cut all this out. <laughs> but. 
It says you can return it within a month. It doesn't say any exceptions. They don't resell it. Mm. They better not resell it. Oh, no, that'd be terrible. If someone slept in it for two weeks and return it, you can't You can't resell that. It's got to yeah. be gone. Yeah. So I said, Topper, let's just return it. Done. <laughs> and buy another. Because I can't afford to buy another cat. He, he wasn't going to sleep, and it was cat pee all over it. Yeah. Have you ever smelled cat pee? It's terrible. It's the worst. It, it's it's, it's the, so bad. It's the worst pee out there. It's, yeah. <laughs> if you rank peas, cat pee is the worst by the far. The worst. Yeah. But you know what? You take like a, 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 oh, go, go fix your dog now. Shane, this is the second time you've had to get up for this pot. I'm not cutting any of this out. I was hoping that we could have <laughs> No, no. Shane, <laughs> listeners, I need you to know. Shane has gone up twice for his stupid pets. I don't, You're proving my point. If I don't, then they're going to make more and more and more noise. No, I, this, I, is, this is not live. We could have <laughs> easily no, paused it for a second. Oh, yeah. No, you, what you wanted to have was to me. I assume that there's a way to do that. <laughs> you wanted me to do the work to cut this part out. I'm not cutting it out. Anyways, Eric, no, let we're me recording. You, hey, can I ask you a question? <laughs> to, to get me off the topic? Yeah, yeah, let me ask can you a question. Can I ask you a question first? You're going to get up again uh, while we're recording? Probably, probably <laughs> when my dog needs to come back inside. What? Um, hey, what's the worst job you've ever had? Um, I haven't had that many bad jobs. Give I, us a quick rundown of just a few of the jobs you've had. First job was Sabaros at Runnermills Mall. Uh huh. Pizza, you put it on a plate. People, them. <laughs> people have been at Sabaros. <laughs> okay, it's not it's, like it's only you guys need to know. My my the job title put on a plate. was sometimes cashier, sometimes oh, salad maker. <laughs> I put the salad <laughs> to the bowls. Um, my favorite job was pizza box maker. Oh yeah, because he sit there and fold those suckers up. Um, that that was my first job. I wanted a badge. I wanted a great job. I was worked at a bagel store. I liked that job. We had Norma Jean time every day. <laughs> <laughs> the, the owner let us get away with like playing hardcore music there all the time and stuff. Uh, we also had... I never worked at that bagel shop, uh-huh. but I'll go there randomly, and the owner is still like, oh, hey, what's up, Shane? I'm like, I never <laughs> even worked for you. You know what? We had a friend named Schoon. Uh-huh. We still have a friend named Schoon, but at the time, he was our friend named Schoon, too. <laughs> and he would spend the night at our house sometimes. He'd have a car, and I would... We would take him to Sabar, uh, to Cafe Bagel with us, and he would work for free. For <laughs> well, he'd eat lunch for free, and he would just work, and then he'd sleep in my van outside. That's unbelievable. We trick him to spend the night at our house on, in the summer, and then I say, "Well, I got to work tomorrow, so you got to yeah. come with me." He's like, oh, "I don't want to come to work anyway. Come with <laughs> yeah. me." Yeah, I don't want to go do free labor. I delivered cabinets for a cabinet outlet. Uh-huh. Um, I was a real estate agent. I did administration. That's basically all my jobs. What what jobs have you had? I've had a lot of them. I know you have. I've worked at Burger King when I was fifteen. Mm-hmm. I worked at Sabaros with you. It was really funny when you worked at Burger King because well, you had to wear the hat. I had to wear a visor. <laughs> you yeah. just looked it's like it's such and a. And I dork. was growing my hair out. Your first day, I remember mom, dad, me and Jessica showed up. I know. <laughs> you're like, I know. Uh, oh, we're like, oh, so this is what you do, huh? <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> Burger King, Sabaros, I worked at Best Buy, and I got fired from that because I wouldn't work Sundays. Oh, because why? You love God so much? Yes. Because you, you were doing stuff with church, right? Is that why? I know. I just was going to church. I wasn't working at oh, church. Oh, I thought you were like I just refused. interning. No, no. I wouldn't work Sunday mornings. I said I, I can... When they hired me and they asked my uh, my availability, I said, I just can't work Sunday mornings. I can come in Sunday afternoons. And they were like, okay, that's fine. And then eventually they after, said... After Christmas rush. After Christmas, then they said, hey, we need you to work Sunday morning. They said, I can't do that. They said, well, then we have to let you go. And I was like, what? <laughs> so... What did you do? Were you cashier? Yeah, cashier. 
Yep, yep. Um, I I worked at. You weren't the guy that would say like, "Hey, do you need help with anything?" And then they don't know how to help you. No, that's no, why. That's why all I get when I go to Best Buy. Yeah, I, know. I go, "Hey, I'm here looking for this." I know in my head, I'm like, "I know it's on Amazon, uh-huh. but I would like it right now, not tomorrow." And they always go, "Oh, we don't have that." Yeah, I'm like, how are you in business? And then I leave. Best Buy has to go to business soon. Don't well, I don't know because they also don't do every time I'm there. At least the one by us. Or every time I'm there, it's crowded. Yeah, because they, they have more than just like computer i mean they have like appliances and yeah, you don't like computers you don't buy computers on, online online you, yeah, you go right how, how are you gonna you don't have a computer <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway so i worked at best buy i worked at um in in the mall uh in a kiosk in the middle of the mall selling ringtones that has to be the worst job that's dating my my you sold ringtones i sold cell phone clips <laughs> and oh, it was all oh, for your belt and it was all commission based yeah and it was for, it was okay. for your belt like for your motorola razor phone <laughs> Um, and it was, you know, you could get cell phone clips and yeah. ringtones that we would download onto your phone. You sold those. We sold it like a dollar a ringtone. So someone say, you know what? I really want this, this new saliva song. Yeah. Cause click, go, oh, click, boom. click, boom. And you would go, who oh. doesn't? <laughs> <laughs> it's our bestseller. <laughs> and then I would, I would download it on their phone. And then when people call now, them, could they tell you any song they wanted? Or is there a list of songs they could, they could no, give No, no. Pretty. It was pretty much any song they wanted. I'm sure that like, and I don't ever remember a time. Well, I only sold a handful, of <laughs> but I I don't remember a time of somebody saying. Did hey, you download it from film. the internet? Yeah, like we would have a computer there. I, have a, people don't care about this. We would part, have a but. computer there, and someone would come up and they would say, "We would also have a suggested list." But then they could be like, "Oh, you got this song," and I would you would type go to it in. Napster.com. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would go to LimeWire, and then I would download it, and then I would upload. Let's see it what Pirate Bay has right now. <laughs> yeah. There's so many people listening right now who are like, "What are they talking? About? Look it up." All the kids, look it up. All the kids have no idea what any of that stuff is. So, um, but yeah, so I would download it and put it on their phone. Then what people call. All of a sudden, it'd be saliva, click, click, boom, <laughs> ringing. Yeah, that was terrible. I made like zero money doing it because yeah. it's all commission based. And you know how much commission you get off of a dollar ringtone? <laughs> what was the percentage? Not a lot. What was the percentage? <laughs> I don't know, but it wasn't worth it. Even if it was 50%, which it definitely wasn't. Yeah, it definitely wasn't. That's and only 50 cents. You really made your money on the cell phone clips. That's, <laughs> that's where the money was in the kiosk. That's where the high rollers hey, were. There's always money in the banana stand. <laughs> <laughs> you know. What show that's from? <laughs> Anyways, um, I did that. I worked construction with a friend of ours. His dad owned a construction. You don't seem like business. A, a body type that can do construction. Yeah, I wasn't weak. Yeah, exactly. I wasn't. Do you know what I did? He would. I would show up to work. I would show up at his house, and then I'd be like, "All right, what are we doing today?" He's like, "Well, we're doing this." You are not capable of doing that. So why don't you just cut my grass? <laughs> so I would cut his grass. How long did you work there? Like two months. It was you terrible. Over two months. It was not long at all. How do you? How did he not? How do you even hire you? Because I was Big Chris's friend. Our, our and he probably wasn't paying you very son. much, anyways. No, he was not. <laughs> and it wasn't like anything official. He. It was just a guy who had his own. Yeah, and he was like, here's here's yeah. thirty bucks. Here's for the thirty day. bucks for the day. Whatever. Yeah. A lot of times I would just push a wheelbarrow back and forth. <laughs> <laughs> like people would fill it with stuff and they go, all right, go take it. And I'd take it and I'd walk over and dump it. Um, uh, yeah, so I, didn't, I had a lot of jobs. I worked as a janitor at a church before I became the youth yeah. pastor at the church. Yeah. Um, I worked at Don Pablo's for two weeks. Oh, I worked at Don Pablo's. I didn't even say that. Yep. Yeah, I was a server and a bartender there. Yeah, but by yeah, far the worst. Yeah, you were there and you trained. Uh-huh. And the second you're done training, you quit. 
Because I got offered Because you have no job. integrity. No, because... You have no job integrity. Even when I interviewed for the job, the guy said, well, what, what do you ultimately want to do? I said, I, I want to be a pastor. I was in school for it at that time. And said, oh, this like, is a perfect place for you to not fall in your faith. Is, I think, I mean, is he's, a job. He's hiring me... Is a job at a as restaurant. As a waiter at Don Pablo's, I think he figured out that that wasn't my, my end goal at 19 years old. I know. So anyways... And uh, and then it's eventually, no one's end goal, but sometimes it just ends that way. It that way. <laughs> uh, but anyways, I got offered a job part time to work at at Crossroads where, uh, in the middle school ministry as a middle school youth pastor. So I went to him and I said, "Hey, I'm really sorry, but middle school that that had to be your worst job. <laughs> <laughs> that was rough." But I told Don Paolo, I said, "Hey, I got offered a, a pastor position." He said, "Oh, that's great. That's what you want to do. See you later." I said, yeah. "Okay, see you later." You I even said to him. Uh, so I'm gonna get my two weeks today. He said, "Nah, not necessary. Not necessary." <laughs> he said, ah, "Doesn't matter." Just- he, he was like the same guy with the construction. He's like, "Ah, you weren't very good at this, anyways." <laughs> he said, ah, "That's not necessary. You can just, you can just. Today will be your last day." I said, "Okay, sounds good to me. See you later." I think my, I don't know if Cafe Bagel was my least favorite job or not, but I had to get up super early, and there's people there that were like, I, I had some people that worked there that was awesome, and then other people that were yeah. fine. There's one guy. <laughs> There was one guy who, um, okay, so I would cut the bagels and like make the bagels. <laughs> like, <laughs> Wait, how do you mean? What do you mean make the bagels? Like butter, uh, you put butter on it and cream cheese or whatever. So you're not actually making the bagel. You yeah, just... I mean, someone did make the bagels. I did not, um, or make the sandwiches or whatever. And then you would put it out, and then there'd be a food runner, um, and they would just take the food out. We would take turns doing it because we know what a food runner is. <laughs> yeah, that was your only job at that restaurant. Yeah. That's all you can handle. And there's one guy um, who was there, and he was supposed to be running the food, and then he disappeared for like. It was like maybe twenty minutes, mm-hmm. and we're like, "Where is he?" And myself and Boswell. Was it during friend, a busy time? It wasn't that busy, but it was still like where I had to go. We had to run the food. Like, where is he? And after twenty to thirty minutes, he comes back out, and we're like, "Dude, where were you?" And he's like, "Okay, let me. I'll tell you what happened." I'm like, all right, go ahead. And he was like, "So when I go to the bathroom, I need to get completely naked." And we're like, "What?" <laughs> and he was like, "Yeah, it's just my thing." What? When he poops? When he poops? Why? Because it just feels more comfortable. And no, <laughs> um, hey, don't knock the try in a public restroom. It doesn't matter where he is. He's, now what? Now the bathroom is it just like one? Yeah, it's a one stall. Okay, it's, it's not. So it's, you lock the door. or whatever. Okay, it's not like it, okay, okay. Yeah. Okay. So he went in there and um, he got naked, and he's a little bigger of not like he wasn't fat, but he's a little bigger and he was a little hairier. <laughs> just to give you some mental picture. Ew. So he's sitting there and he's and he's and he's. Uh, pooping naked in the bathroom and then he sees that there's a mop there and he goes what's this mop doing in here so he gets up to go pick up the mop and right when he does he hears someone's walking to the door and he's like good thing the door's locked and he looks at the door and realizes the door is not locked oh! so right when he goes to reach according to him when he went to go lock the door the guy opened the door and sees a naked man with a, <laughs> holding a mop in oh the bathroom God. He went, oh sorry sir and he shut the door and then that guy was waiting and so the, our friend was like, I am not coming out. Yeah. This guy's going to have to leave. So he hid in the bathroom for a while. And that guy eventually came up and said, hey, there's somebody cleaning themselves in the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> and we were like, a, what? Okay. Yeah. Because he's standing there naked with a mop. Oh. 
Um, that was a good day. But besides that, the rest of it was fine. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah, that was that was pretty. And fun. so your boss in that situation just was. Where oh, was we he? just made fun of him. Uh, even the boss did. Oh yeah, yeah. The boss was just like, "Oh, what an idiot!" Yeah, we kept. We then we really wanted to know like why you were naked in there, yeah. and then like that's what you do. That you always get naked. And then we were starting to put two two together. He always takes a while when he's in there. So he does it he, every time. Oh yeah, he's got to. That's really selfish. <laughs> While you're working, you're the food runner, and you go. You have to use the bathroom, and you have to take off every article of clothing. Every piece of clothing he had, he took it off. Wow! In order to do it, honestly. But you know what? That that boss, he was a good leader because he would just let him do it. <laughs> is that that's what makes a good leader? Somebody who just says, "Yeah, do whatever you want." You see the person, you know what they need to be, how uh-huh. they need to be led, and this guy was like, "The how many of the best out of him is if he's naked when he poops," and so you let him do it. You let him be comfortable in there. Oh, what he's gonna do? He's gonna hold it all day, it's, and then he's not gonna be a good employee. No, he could just poop like a normal. Nope, person. he can't. He can't. He can't. He can't. He chooses not to. He, he can't. He. No. I'm telling you, he could not. So he would have to hold it all day. And this boss, is like, you know what? I'm gonna let him poop in there naked. If that means he's gonna get it out, and that way he'll be able to work. Or he's gonna hold it all day. You ever tried to work while you're holding poop all day? Just don't do that. Just it's go, hard. Just go poop normally. Yeah, he can't. He had to get he naked. Can. <laughs> he totally can. I don't know. I don't think he could. Anyways, well, well, let's get to. Let's, we we want to talk to our our interviewee. We're the interviewer, the person wow. we interviewed. You are horrific at this. Wow. This is the worst job you, you've ever had. Do you remember when when uh, wow. we, when I didn't know that we you've were been doing this? For th- <laughs> <laughs> yes, we've been doing this for three. Oh, years. Oh my dog! Oh, here we go, Shane. Third time's a charm. This is the podcast that we do now. This is the professionalism we do. You get it three times during the podcast. Did you, you don't he, even know if it's an interviewer or the interviewee. They won't they, hear that. They couldn't hear. They weren't going to hear that. They couldn't hear our, my dog scratching at the nope, door nope. furiously. Nope. Anyways, um, well, today we, we interviewed uh, your uh, brother-in-law. Yeah, that's the word for it. It yeah. looks like you had trouble getting that. What's wrong with you? You're really terrible at this. I'm just. I'm if this is if this is your first time listening, I know it's your last time listening, <laughs> and I apologize. I hope you come back and try it again. We are more professional just, than we've sounded today. I'm not on top of my game. Today. <laughs> okay, yes, it's our it's my brother-in-law. Go ahead, continue. Yeah, your brother-in-law Robert. Yep, and uh, that's he, his name. <laughs> yeah. So Robert is in the Marines, and he uh, he he is a young person in the Marines who has a good amount of leadership. And so we wanted to spend some time talking to him about leadership and leadership qualities, how to be an effective leader. And uh, we share some of our perspective as being uh, uh, senior pastors in a church, lead pastors in a church. and the We are leaders. Even though, even though we don't sound like leaders, yeah. we are leaders, and we're good ones. Whoa. I'm a good one. Wow. <laughs> I don't know about you. Wow, wow. So, so let's get to our interview with Robert. listening why don't you give us your title and like kind of what you do in a way where people that don't understand military like shane yeah, would no be nothing. able to comprehend it so <laughs> tell us what you do sure yeah so uh i'll do my best to avoid all the slang and and, and yeah. all that stuff uh, 
just uh, just know it may, may come out a little bit. But uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, so um, right now I'm a I'm a captain. I'm a junior captain, uh, so it means I just got promoted. I'm a, an infantry officer. I've, I've been with Third uh, Battalion, Fifth Marines out here in Camp Pendleton um, for about three years now. Uh, so my first job, I was a, a platoon commander. So that's roughly that's essentially like the first tier of where an officer comes in. So my platoon, I had about 40, 45, 50 guys um, when we went on deployment. So that's sort of the way it works is you uh, you come in, you, you get everybody, you train up, and then you go deploy wherever it is. Um, you come back and start all over again. So I was a weapons platoon commander. So I had infantrymen with me. So we, we did like machine guns and mortars and, and, and that kind of stuff. Um, so I did that for about two years, uh, which was pretty lucky. Mm-hmm. Same group of guys for two years, which is which is kind of unheard of a little yeah. bit. Yeah. So there's definitely definitely some not enjoyable parts. I mean, it's, it's uh, like any school, they, uh, they they need to make sure you're you're physically and mentally uh, gonna stick with it when when things get a little tough. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what are some of the tactics they use to make sure you're physically and mentally ready? Um. So this kind of comes back to like. Something I think we'll talk about later is sort of like your, your purpose, right? Mm-hmm. And it's not necessarily motivation, right? It's like your your drive sort of thing, right? What's your purpose? And yeah, purpose purpose changes for sure. Um, so like, you know, my purpose for initially joining the military was different than you know kind of what it is now, and I guess you could say um, mm-hmm. sort of now that I actually have a family and kids and all that stuff, right? So it's like those things change, but so you train, you do the, the process of getting ready of doing the school of doing the deployment of doing you name it right um, when, when things get tested and it's hard and it's tough and you want to quit and it's dark and it's three in the morning and you're waiting for the sun to come up because you know it'll be fine when the sun comes up but <laughs> when, when it's dark and you're in your own head and you're in your thoughts it's just going back to the why am i doing this and why is this something i want to do with purpose too and shane you can touch on this too because what one thing we wanted to do with with robert is kind of all of us we're all all three of us are leaders in some capacity um robert in a different type of leadership but um that's you hit on purpose so let's touch on that for a second um when it comes to purpose i've i've found for me and shane i want you to expand on this too for for me when it comes to where i am if i don't feel like it is where i'm supposed to be and as pastors we feel like god's calling us to be then when it's really hard to do, it's when it's like, yeah, that's, I'm going to quit because it's not where I'm called to be. But when I understand that this is my purpose and this is where I'm supposed to be, then it makes the hard parts of it. It's still like, this part sucks, but it's yeah. still what I need to do because this is my job. This is what I like to do. Yeah. Well, if you don't know the why of what you're doing, like why you're doing whatever it is, then it makes the what you're doing much harder. So if you're whatever you're in the middle of, and if you're like, I just have to do this because this is what I'm supposed to do. But if you look at it as I'm doing this because I'm leading other Marines and we're protecting our country and we are keeping people safe back home and the people that we care about. And when you put all of that into perspective, then it makes a difference. Or for us, it's like if I have to, we have to go to the hospital for a family that's in need or if we have to do another pastor meeting or do, you know, 
prepare a sermon and it, in the middle of it, it can be like, oh man, this is really difficult. But then if you look at the long run, well, we're doing this because we're helping people get closer to Jesus. And that's the whole reason. If that's always at the center and you know the purpose behind it, then, then it makes it much more attainable to do. Right? One, one thing I, before we continue to do this, we're going to keep comparing. I don't want to feel like we're comparing our pastor jobs to a Marine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, but it's just the only things we know. Yeah. Cause I, we know it's very different. Like, yeah, like if you're trying to save our country and we're like have to go to the hospital, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. the, like it's a different thing. Yeah. But, but anyways, well, Ro- go ahead, Robert. Yeah, no, no, no I was going to say, I mean, like leadership is leadership, right? So like, yeah, yeah it's, it, you know, the environment or the, the job set, sure, may, may be different. But at, at the end of the day, right, like 100% of the subordinates that I lead and the people that you lead are like 100% of them are humans, right? So. Yeah. Um, it, it's all about human interaction and like, you know, how can you as the leader, right? Like the way I see it is your, your job and your purpose as a leader, we like, keep going back to the purpose thing, right? But like yeah. your, your overarching goal is to set the culture and part of that culture is the values and like the, the human interaction that comes with that. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, apples and oranges a little bit for sure, but mm-hmm. it's not. The, yeah. the principles transfer over, right? It's yeah. So for you as a leader, Robert, and being in a position of of taking care of uh, and being in charge of different people, how do you deal with the disappointment in leadership when things maybe don't go the way that you planned, or when things aren't aren't working out, and and you're the one who's in charge? How do you deal with that? I think a lot of it comes down to managing expectations, and this is something. So I, you know, I've been very fortunate to have both good and bad leaders, right? Mm-hmm. I, I think you can learn something from everybody. And my, my previous previous boss, when I was platoon commander, my, my company commander, his, his big thing was managing expectations, right? So putting things in perspective to where it's like when when people's expectations don't match up to what is happening or reality or things, you know, something along those lines. And it's like it's important to look back and be like, okay, well, where did those expectations come from? Yeah. Right. Did, did somebody tell you that it was going to be this way? Mm-hmm. Or what's the case? Right. So, you know, at least for, for us, a lot of times now we look at. Marines and my, you know myself included, we people kind of go through a jaded period where it's like, oh, well, you know, we're we're here, we want to serve, we want to like go, you know, fight bad guys and, and do all that stuff, and then they they're disappointed when they don't go and and yeah. get to, you know play the game essentially. You know, you, you turn around, and you look at like, well, where did that expectation come from? Did somebody tell you that you were like this was 100% going to happen? You know, and, and it's not the case. So it's the consistency that matters, right? So if you keep coming back to the values and keep talking about what's expected of you as part of your, you are part of our team, my team, this culture that we're doing, right? So it's like, as long as you're caging the, the expectations within the value set that you're trying to yeah. put forth, then that's, that's kind of how you can, when, when people don't meet those expectations, it's a, it's a coaching point for you. It's like, it's, it's how do I bring them up? Well, and it's difficult because you're, you're young and a leader and uh, for, and, and we are, especially for pastors are young um as well so head pastors head pastors yeah so it, it and i when i started as a youth pastor at 20 um it was difficult too being so young and people didn't necessarily trust me and that was probably for good reason uh, at, the, at that age but um it's it can be challenging when you try to lead a group of people at a young age especially when you have to lead people who are older than you and that happens a lot of times um, in, in our role. So, Eric, can you talk about what it's been like maybe um, leading people who are older than you? And, yeah. and you're, you're, st- you're a brand-new rookie lead pastor yeah. only for a few months now. Well, I guess longer than that before you launch. Yeah. Right? 
Well, I think one thing you've hit on, which is a big part, is managing expectations. And, mm-hmm. and I think too often, at least in our area, we have the leader will give too high of expectations or like too high of goals that aren't possible to meet. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it's a failure when we don't meet it. Let me give you an example of that. Um, I know a pastor who they said on launch day, they, they wanted 300 people to be there for their first Sunday ever. Um, that was the expectation. We're going to have 300 people there. And, um, there was a really high expectation and it's a really like risky one and 280 people showed up, which is incredible. Like that's a ton of people, but because they didn't hit the 300 mark, their whole team was disappointed where instead they, if you're realistic and be like, you know what we can most likely at 225. And if we go over, we're going to celebrate. We went over. Yeah. So it did the complete opposite to their team because the leader put the expectations way too far ahead and had the whole team started off with a disappointment. And so right away, I kind of found myself, trying to figure out those expectations, especially with older people that are looking for a, um, that are kind of testing to see if I'm actually ready to be the lead pastor yeah. and, and things like that. I, I kind of got a little bit of that, but I had to make sure I was confident in what I believed because for me, I found when someone was older, I would be a little less confident because they're older. And I was like, should I really be leading them? But uh, God put me in a specific place, so I need to be confident about it. And I, I always try to work on inspiring people, not motivating people. Because motivating people, you're trying to... Um, I have to be motivated to go to the gym because I don't want to go to the gym. Mm-hmm. Where when you inspire somebody, you're pulling out what they already want to do, the yeah, good, and pulling it good. out. Where motivating, you're pushing. Inspiring, you're pulling. So I've been trying to do that as much as I can. Um, but how have you been using your leadership in a as a younger... Um, as a younger person in the military, like having to lead older people, how, how have you been able to use what you've been able to do to, to lead people? It is kind of weird, right? When, when you're as a platoon commander, right? You're a platoon sergeant that has, you know, 10, 12 plus years in the military, right? He's a staff sergeant or, or a, a gunny or something like that, where it's like, all right, this guy is like been to Iraq and Afghanistan multiple times, right? Like, how do I, how am I supposed to lead him? Yeah. And, and, you know, lead others that have, you know, done things that I have not. That's the other thing, too, is like the, the evolving nature of your position. So nobody can expect you to know everything when you first show up. Yeah. Right? yeah. As you learn things that do and don't work, it's a matter of consistency of like who you are. So my biggest thing, um, something that, I've, that I, I go back to all the time, one of my favorite principles that I, that I took away from Someone, someone in college actually is, is, uh, is Marines don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. It, it goes back to like the, the passion and the, the true love that you show for, for the people that are underneath you. And that's something I think that transfers whatever job you're doing, right? Yeah. As long as you care, right? Like a multitude of, of quote sins can be forgiven, right? If, if it comes from a good place and you care and you, you're learning and you're accepting the feedback, and, you know, you're you're willing to employ your people mm-hmm. and ask for their recommendation and show them that you care about what they think as well, like the consistency of it, of you continuing to do that day in and day out. And as people learn you, right, and they learn to trust you and you learn to trust them, that's that's where the team comes together, right? So like all things, like going to the gym, like you talked about, right? Like if you go to the gym for, for eight hours, right, and you come home, I've yeah. never gone to the gym for eight hours. <laughs> oh, but hear me out, right? Like, go to the gym for eight hours and like you come home and look in the mirror and be like, well, why am I not like, you know, a, a, an elite CrossFit Games athlete, right? Yeah. Like, 
one day of, of high intensity is not gonna not gonna do it, right? But you go to the gym for six months, right? You're in a completely different place than where you were. Yeah. So you apply that to the leadership aspect, and this is some like Simon Sinek. He, he talks about it a lot, right? It's like leadership can't be measured in, in small measurements, right? It's it's a, it's an over time thing. So you, you turn around, you look, and you like, okay, well, the cultural shift from or yeah. the first game, and we learned and we grew together, and then now here we are, sort of thing. So I think some of the big things is a difference that you were kind of saying too is difference between a boss and a leader. Like a boss assumes I have the authority, so now you need to listen to me. Now you have we're, to listen to me or face a consequence. Where a leader earns the trust of their team by trusting in them. Yeah, and and again for us, it's it's helped out the fact that there's a hierarchy, right? Like. I have a shiny on my collar, therefore people like assume that I know what I'm doing, right? But yeah, but 100%. Like, like let's be real, that's not the case uh, for for everybody. So um, yes, there there is buy-in that has to be had, and and people will will listen to you because you have that authority, like you said. But um, do, do they respect you? And and, and that's something to think about, right? Is like if if I took my rank off, like would people still follow me, right? Would would yeah. I to lead people if I didn't have rank? Am I a, am I a leader that people respect and, and, and things like that and it's again it's not a an overnight thing trust is not an overnight thing it's a it's a consistent thing and how how have you guys actually seen that play out and i'll ask you like how have you seen instilling trust in people play out compared to like just trying to be mm-hmm. the boss of somebody and and like so how have you seen that yeah, in well, your area a big it, big part of that especially in, in leadership is it being calm when thing is when things are going haywire and uh you set the tone as the leader so if if things are going bad it doesn't mean that you that you just ignore it and just act like everything is okay but we need to react accordingly to what's happening in front of us and if things are going not as planned and as the leader we're like running around with a like a chicken with a head cut off and we're freaking out about everything and we're and we don't know what we're doing then that's going to be the tone for everybody and um and everyone else is going to feel the same way but if we say hey look we're all in this together let's regroup let's figure this out let's let's get our let's get our mind straight and go forward and we set the the calmness to work together then then it makes a big difference i don't know if you've experienced anything like that the, robert the team for sure leads like they s- will look to see how you're doing in a certain situation yeah and that's one thing i've been trying to learn really quick um because i know that i'm setting the tone in a good way or a bad way mm-hmm. and so people look to s- at me when something goes wrong to see how i'm going to react and if i start freaking out they're yeah. like okay or they're looking to see if I'm actually a good leader or not by the way I'm reacting to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's super important that when things are going wrong, like you actually respond correctly yeah. because people are looking to see um, your example. You're leading them, and you're looking to see that example. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I think that the biggest thing with that is um, also responding with humility because if we aren't humble in the middle of when things are falling apart, then – people may not trust us in the long run but if we take time and we say hey why don't we why don't we think about this and and if we bring other people into the fold and include them and say hey i need your help in this situation too that goes a really long way as as a leader that happens all the time for us in in ministry but i don't know robert how many opportunities you get in the marines to to do that and, and include other people in that sort of leadership because i know it's a little bit different yeah yeah i mean it's it's all about where you are and what what's going on too, right? So yeah. if it's like a good example, right, is either a force on force training, something like that, like something to simulate combat, right? Like mm-hmm. that that is not the time, right? When when it's a, you're out there and you're 
you know, actively doing things right and, and mm -hmm. situation come up and decisions need to be made, right? Like that's not necessarily the time. Like you can, goes back to the whole, like, what do you recommend sort of thing? Like, yeah. uh, especially if, when someone is separate from you, right? The, going back to the trust, right? Like mm -hmm. they're on the other side of the hill, right? I need to trust that they know what, what I want to have happen. Mm -hmm. um, and you know, there's, there's little things that, that we do and sort of like the, the pre-mission stuff, right? Where it's like the orders and the what we call commander's intent, right? Like, mm -hmm. This is what I want to see, what I want to have happen, right? And we give like very explicit task and purpose like this is your task to do this yeah but the understanding is that when things go wrong which they will right when when the plans change th that i trust that they're just they're going to do what needs to happen based off of what i what i want to have happen and my commander is doing the same thing for me sort of thing right so it, it comes back to the trust thing and, and how you've trained them and it also comes back to like throughout our training right have i let people fail have I coached them mm -hmm. and then have, you know, have we, we talked through, right. Cause, cause what I don't want to have happen is somebody takes initiative to solve a problem. Mm -hmm. And then I, you know, the, the result may not be what I want it to be. Right. But if I get after that person and I'm, and I'm angry about the way that, uh, that the result was right. Yeah. I yeah. don't look at, at the initiative that they took to solve the problem. Mm -hmm. Right. Then they're just they're not going to solve any problems anymore, and that's not what I want, right? Yeah. So I, you want me to be like, hey, I'm I'm glad that you took the initiative. I'm glad that you made a decision. Here's how we can make a better decision next time, or here's what I want you to think about next time. Mm -hmm. the results not what we thought it would be. That's fine. Like it's not the end of the world. Nobody got hurt. Whatever the case is, right? Mm -hmm. And then now you're like, oh, okay. Well, you know, as as subordinate, right? Like mm -hmm. here's a, a leader of mine, like my my boss is protecting me and like helping me grow. Right. So that, that way when it comes down to it, yeah. Right. Like I, I now have a group of problem solvers and I don't have to be the sole point of, uh, like directing all the traffic, right. And in, in the chaos that that can happen. So it comes back to like, you, you can say all that you want. Right. But, uh, as the saying goes, right. I, I can't hear what you're saying because your actions speak too loud. What are some things that, we've all had to work on as a leader to become a better leader. So I think that's a key thing is understanding your weaknesses, understanding what you need to develop. Um, so I think it'd be good for anyone that's listening that um, is in a leadership position. And really all of us at times fall in a leadership position. Leadership is influence. And when you have influence in a situation, then mm -hmm. you, you are a leader. You might not be a good one, but you are yeah. in leadership. So what are things that we've all had to improve or are currently trying to get better and develop so that we could be a more effective leader. Shane, you want to go first? Yeah, yeah, sure. I think that um, it's definitely knowing, like, like you guys were saying, your strengths and weaknesses and surrounding yourself with people who maybe are stronger in, a, in an area that you're weaker at. Um, and so for me, I, I'm not a very organized person, so I have to have organized people around me all the time to, to help me keep things in line and keep things, keep things straight. Um, but, but I have also had, the other thing I've had to do is not place my insecurities as a person or as a leader and use them and think that everyone and assume that everyone else thinks that about me. Um, so we talked a little bit about being young, but I remember a couple came to me, a married couple came to me who've been married for a little while and uh, were older than me and they were interested in 
coming and getting some help, marriage counseling. And I was like, I'm only been married for five years. I'm 30 years old. <laughs> like I felt weird about it, and I addressed it with them. And they're like, oh, that didn't even cross our minds at all. You're our yeah. pastor, and we just wanted to talk to you about it. I was like, oh, great. But I assume that that they didn't have as much respect for me because my own insecurities got in the way. So uh, what I've had to do is just not assume and just lead, lead with confidence, lead with humility, lead by example, as as you were saying. And uh, that's been a little bit of a a challenge, but but your own insecurities, when, when the further you get up in leadership, your own insecurities come further up as well. Because you you constantly think, oh, maybe I'm not supposed to be in this position, or maybe people are going to find out that I'm a fraud, or that I don't actually know what I'm doing. Yeah, and so your insecurities really come up to this. You you have to address those when you lead, for sure. Your your lack of organization is very apparent with this podcast. I will say because <laughs> you don't do anything. Robert, he does nothing for this podcast but show up. I'm glad he's here. He makes he tells us it's an honor for him to show up for these things, but. Uh, Robert, (laughs) well, Robert, what are some ways you're trying to develop more as a leader or that you have developed because you needed to? One, one thing that I, that I took away, um, kind of as I grew and learned the whole piece about like asking for help and like employing other people and, and like, and and trusting that that was a big key for me, right? Like initially, uh, I started out to where like I was trying to do everything myself, right? And, um, the whole, the whole idea of like, service and sacrifice right like it's all on a spectrum but like it's a one-way transaction right and if you just if you don't ask for help you just get burned out right yeah that's that's what happened right i just i I tried too hard and i tried to do everything myself because i didn't want to or couldn't rely on people and it just it it burned me out so learning that lesson um and learning to lean on the people that did have experience and like Mm -hmm. you know we could we could attack a problem and find a way to win together by like just me thinking I can do it myself. But uh, but Shane, to your point of, of like the you know the the insecurities and, and all that stuff and like age differences and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Like it, it comes back to me about like the human human interactions, right? And you look at like society and where we came from of like the alpha male and all that stuff, yeah. right? The, the human interactions of like belonging cues and like uh, the way we talk to people and the, and the body language we use. Um, something that I'm trying to work on now is just being better at communicating and being better at interacting with other other people as it relates to like using their name and not just calling them hey man or dude or whatever. Um, and, and all of those things that help create a better, stronger team on a personal level. Um, because uh, as you said, the, you feel the responsibility to all of these people below you, yeah. right? As, as you get higher up and you get more people, the, the, there's more and more responsibility, right? And leadership is in fact a choice, right? You choose to take responsibility for these people. And yeah, the, going back to like a, the Simon Sinek thing that, that he talks about, right? It's like, he goes back to the environment. He talks about environment thing, like, right? Like as a leader, you set the environment. So like good people mm-hmm. have things in a bad environment vice versa, right? Yeah. But bad leaders are choosing not to take responsibility for their people. They want the perks over the responsibility. Yeah. And, you know, I think for me, it's just, I feel obligated to help people be more responsible and manage manage better their time and resources, especially um, mm-hmm. when when they're in a leadership position because that's where I, I fell short. Was I, yeah. yeah. Or manager of time and resources. Um, and, and 
myself and, and my and my Marines suffer a little bit because of it. So yeah, we in church world they they always say if you can find someone that does does what you're doing at eighty percent as good as you, then you need to pass someone and let them do it. That's the kind of thing we've because in church world that kind of happens a lot where. I kind of do a little bit of everything. In fact, I used to oversee social media for, for Impact, and yeah. I just passed that on. And within two days, I had someone text me that doesn't go to our church said, hey, did someone else start doing social media? It's so much better. <laughs> I'm like, all right, chill out. I can notice. <laughs> <laughs> people will notice. But, um, so that's kind of like finding people that you can empower. Yeah, that's and exactly. it's, it's a control thing. We want to control things because we know if we do it, it'll be done right. But... You can't. You can only troll so much, and then all of a sudden, you you are the ceiling for your organization because you can't go past it. Because you can only do so much, I can only do so much. So that's a big thing. One thing for me that I found is, um, I just had a leadership style that I was like, "This is my style. Get used to it," kind of thing. So if this didn't work for you, then that person would have trouble following me. And so I found that there was people that I thought I was leading correctly because I was leading the way I lead where they needed me to lead them in a different way. So I had to learn quickly by people like getting mad and quitting on me that, oh, just because this is the way I lead, I, don't, I, I can't say this is how I lead. I need to figure out how do you need to be led, and then yeah. I will lead you that way. Because that's what a, a good leader does. It yeah. sees, okay, what can we do to get to pull the best out of them? I, I'm a person that I hate when I'm micromanaged. And so um, and it kind of goes from my past when I had people that would micromanage me. So I hated it. So when I gave someone like uh, that I was leading authority to do something, I didn't want to micromanage them because I was afraid because I hated that. So I would just step way far back and say, good, you got it. Do it. You're empowered. And I would step so far back that they thought I didn't care at all about them mm-hmm. because I was trying not to micromanage them. So I had to learn quickly. Oh, some people need like a little more yeah so it's how you read that and that's something that i'm still like not that great at um but i think leadership a good leader is always trying to develop and learn more and grow more and when you get when we get to a point where like all right i'm good now i'm a good leader then that's like we're in trouble but the minute you stop learning is the minute that you stop leading because we should always, always, always be trying to figure out different ways of how we can improve because none of us have reached the top, but we, there's always another step for all of us to take. So, um, yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a challenging thing to get to, cause, and it can be exhausting sometimes because we think, oh, there's, I can always improve, I can always change, I can always grow, and it can be tough. Right. Yeah. So, and just, yeah, just, Eric, to your point of, like, just accepting feedback, just feeling, you know, that's that's something that I wasn't initially like open to, right? Yeah. But yeah. when you look at sort of the principle of like radical transparency, right, and and being objective with things, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, being objective from you down to your people and be like, look, this is this is how we can get better at all of this stuff. But turning it around, whether that's once a week, ever pulling people in, pulling your your leaders below you in yeah. once a week, once a month, whatever, be like, all right, look. Let's hear it. What do you got for me? Like, how how am I not again back to the expectation management, right? Like, this is what I think is going right or wrong, and then it can be if people don't understand where you come from, or mm-hmm. you completely misread the situation, or like how people are perceiving, you know, what what's going on in your relationships as a as a leader, right? At, at what point do you transition from adaptation to optimization, right? Mm-hmm. So like you get the team together, right? Like you're adapting to each other, right? Once the team is together, right? Okay. Like how do we optimize our process? How do we, like once we've outsourced what we need to outsource or trust other people to, Mm -hmm. to, 
things like how do we refine the process how do we keep problem solving yeah to win you know so. that's good that's good well robert thank you so much for taking some time to hang out with us thank you for for uh protecting all of us as well like it's i and i really mean that i mean that being in the military and uh, we we thank you guys for all that you do and all that you sacrifice um because you keep all of us safe so we really appreciate uh what you've done and for serving our country and for and for taking care of all of us and 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 uh, thanks for being my brother-in-law, buddy. There's times where <laughs> there's one holiday that um, one of the grandparents, um, we, we both think are kind of funny. Uh-huh. And so we always, like, buddy up and be like, hey, do you hear, hear what <laughs> his grandparents doing right now? Uh, that, but, but now I'm stuck by myself because you're moving to Japan. <laughs> yeah, no worries. So you, can, uh, you can FaceTime me and uh, with a 13-hour time difference. But, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. I appreciate it, and uh, you know, it's it's helped me uh, kind of solidify some of my own thoughts. So yeah, awesome. Sweet. Yeah, thanks for turning me on to pour over coffee. By the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, man. Hey, when, when you're done with this, check out the the four to six method. Uh, oh, okay. Really? Yeah, it talks about how like the first forty percent of your pour determines like the sweetness or the acidity of the coffee and then uh, the last 60 percent determines the strength it's wild i'll send you guys the link uh, oh, it, um, well, I, don't, yeah. I don't i don't know anyone that likes coffee more than robert uh, i've never seen him drink anything else <laughs> coffee and water is the only thing yeah, i've ever seen him drink. water and filtered water right? <laughs> <laughs> so thanks robert we appreciate it man Thank you for listening to Not Your Mama's Christian Podcast. Make sure you subscribe and leave us a nice review. To support the podcast, you can go to our Patreon page, patreon.com slash nymchristianpodcast. Music provided by The Revived. Check them out at therevivedmusic.com. Stay connected with us by liking us on Facebook and following us on Twitter and Instagram.